Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Hello. Hello. We are moving closer and closer to our favorite time of year. Yes. Halloween. I've had several pumpkin spice lattes. Good. But I am getting very excited for... I've been to the Halloween Spirit Superstore twice. Oh, that's a lot. And we got to talk about that later next episode because um, I have a point of contention. That's like my favorite store, but I have a point of contention with one thing and it's going to fit nicely into the next episode. So we'll talk about that. Well, so I'm going to do the town of Black River Falls, Wisconsin, which... um, I just happened, actually, a friend of mine at work, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. She, she texted me this article about this town, and I started looking into it. I'm like, this would be a really good one for the podcast. So I'm going to cover that today. Um, the town of Black River Falls, Wisconsin, was founded in 1839 by a man named Jacob, Jacob Spalding. I don't know if he has anything to do with the, the basketballs. Yeah, the basketballs. Maybe. Um, Black River Falls sits right between Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Minneapolis, Minnesota. As the town grew, they became known as a sawmill town with mostly German and Norwegian uh, Norwegians coming there to settle. The town continued to boom in population until the 1890s when the devil arrived, apparently, at the Black River Falls. No, no, wait. The devil's <laughs> supposed to arrive in Georgia. Well, I, not there. I think after Georgia, he was like, what should I do now? Oh, I know. I'll go to Wisconsin. Yeah, that's, that's what, a logical place. Yep. I believe that he arrived in the 1890s because that is when people started to die in very strange and unusual ways in oh. the city of Black River Falls. Um, creepy. It, it is kind of creepy. There's a lot of, so just so our listeners know, I'm just going to go through a whole bunch of small anecdotes of weird things that happened in this town and the strange choices people made. Uh, it began when the weather became very cold and icy, forcing a lot of the businesses to close down, including the booming sawmill industry in the area. The terrible weather resulted in a natural disaster such as floods, bringing with it sickness, economic collapse, and starvation. So the whole town was getting hammered by bad weather that created natural disasters that really affected everything around mm. them. And so they started to implode on a massive scale, turning people towards madness. And this is where our story or our mini stories begin. Okay. The town of Black River Falls has numerous stories of residents doing terrible and unspeakable things to themselves and to others. Here are a few of those tales. One story is that of a woman who found a contusion on her back. She scratched at it and it would not go away. Eventually, she decided that it must be cancer, so she tried to remove the spot herself, but nothing seemed to work. Could you imagine if these people had access to WebMD? I know, it would be very different. What they would be like, even then? For them then, yeah. 
So she's she's got this spot on her back. She's trying to remove it. She can't get to it. So her next logical conclusion was to go to her backyard, douse herself in kerosene, and light a match. What? Mm-hmm. She thought she could just burn it out of her body, and she set herself on fire. That's um, some bothersome contusion. That Yeah. Another woman, Sarah Smith, was found to, quote, be in a trance or coma state, end quote, by her family members, and they assumed the worst that she had died. So I think she was just unconscious, right? Right. And so they just were like, oh, Sarah died. I guess we will bury her. So they did. They went ahead and buried her. And later, when they started talking about it, they were like, well, did anyone really check for a pulse? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we really know if she died? So they went ahead and dug her back up and discovered that, no, in fact, she was alive when they buried her. She was found lying on her side and her fingers were bitten half off (gasps) because she was probably realizing she was in a coffin and she bit off her own fingers. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if they had living with that guilt? I know. We killed Sarah. Sarah Smith. Aunt Sarah. That was our fault. She probably chewed them off out of complete terror when she realized she was indeed in a coffin waiting to actually die. Another story has, this one's pretty interesting. These two boys ran away from home and they came upon a neighboring farm. There was a 13-year-old named John Anderson and his 10-year-old brother. And they were like, you know what? This is cool. We're running away from home anyway. Let's stay here for the summer. That was going to work out great, except that there was one problem. There was a farmer who actually lived on the farm. Uh oh. And he was like, no, you know, you guys can't stay here. So the boys um, shot him. <gasps> I think they shot him in the face. Oh my God. Yeah, they shot the farmer in the face and then they hid his body away and enjoyed their time on the farm. And these are two kids, 13 and 10 years old. And then the farmer's brother showed up and he confronted the boys and he knew there wasn't, there was something wrong. And actually the younger brother was the one that was there and he confronted him and that brother confessed to everything. And the 13 year old boy ran away. The farmer's brother got the authorities involved and they went looking for the 13 year old. And apparently there was a bit of a shootout with the 13 year old and he, he actually hit and injured another officer, but they did eventually catch him and they caught him put him on trial and he was found guilty and he was put behind bars for life for his murderous So he was tried as an adult. I probably, yeah. But pretty callous for him just to murder someone and not really. So obviously there was something going on there. That there was some good. trouble at home. Yeah, for sure. Those kids. My next story is about a farmer who was invaded by a group of drifters. His farm was invaded by a group of drifters that ended up decapitating 18 of his chickens. The farmer believed that Satan had come to his farm. Mm -hmm, Satan. Yeah. And so he burned the entire farm to the ground. The drifters did what they do best and drifted away into the woods, probably enjoying a chicken feast. (laughs) Yeah, that stupid farmer just destroyed his whole livelihood Mm -hmm. over a bunch of just kids playing a prank on his chickens basically yeah so he kind of had a major overreaction it's like the whole town lacks logic a woman married a local farmer and decided to take her three children down to the water's edge of lake saint croix and systematically drowned each and every one of them she said she did it to appease the devil her husband john larson went searching for his children in the lake but was only able to recover two of their bodies so again she's saying the devil made me do it the farmer said i had to burn my my farm to the ground because of Satan of the came devil here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yep around the time that black river falls was dealing with financial hardship one farmer his name was christ wold decided it wasn't worth it 
for him to keep on living. So he dug a hole in the ground and filled it with dynamite. He lit the fuse and then he stuck his head into the hole. My word. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's a high... That's some serious martyrdom. That is some high trauma way to, to take yourself out. He, he had to go a step further than the real JC. Yeah, so he's yeah. like, what can I do that's yeah. even more horrifying? Yeah, I'll just blow my head off my body. Yeah, this something's affecting this town. Yeah, because it's so many weird stories. And I've got more of them. Um, there's so many weird things that these residents did. And it was like either maybe there was something in the water affecting people, but it was making them do just crazy shit. Just really crazy shit. Yeah. If that wasn't bad already, if that wasn't bad enough already, the children of Black River Falls were falling victim to diphtheria and many of them died. This caused many residents to burn down their homes, hoping to but stop the spread of the disease. So more burning down of their homes. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. They also closed the schools to help prevent any further spread and also because there just weren't that many kids left to teach because so many of them had died. This is... Yeah. I can't believe there hasn't been a movie about this town. They did do a documentary about it. Okay. And um, I watched part of it, then I fell asleep for part of it. But um, yeah, and they kind of talk about the all these different little anecdotes. But there isn't like one big story. It's a bunch of little stories. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of a janky story altogether. But they're really kind of interesting. One family of Black River Falls took in a transient man and gave him food and shelter. However, he ended up attacking the family and then shooting himself in the head after their kind gesture. You try and be a good Samaritan and it backfires. Yeah. Yep. A young girl was beaten badly by her father for sneaking off to a carnival. So to enact her revenge, she set his barn and house on fire. What? This because is just over the top. I know. Because her family's house had burned down. Their nice neighbor took the family in. But this girl, 15-year-old Lydia Berger, the pyro teen, was not <laughs> done playing with fire. She, she then set fire to the neighbor's property that had housed her family. Wow. She was eventually arrested for arson. She was 15 and she was setting everything on fire. These kids are so young. I know. Easy, easily influenced by Satan. Right? Yes. What kind of music <laughs> were they listening to? I don't know. Death metal. No. no. It was This is like the 1890s. It's, so. the, it's the violin. It's the violin. <laughs> it's the evil violin. Um, I guess we didn't have a saxophone yet. Um, what else was there? The fiddle. The fiddle. The fiddle and the... What is the like little wood flute or something? And then isn't the there recorder. isn't there a drum? Wouldn't there be a drum involved somehow? Oh yeah, there always is a drum. Drums are easy to make. Mm -hmm. So one man got drunk and beat his infant child to death. He then attempted oh. to strangle his wife to death too, but the neighbor stopped him from finishing the job. Actually, this is right along your type of stories. <laughs> I take that back. What? Because I said a guy beat up no, his kid. No, you're always finding the worst <laughs> stories to talk about. And somehow they always involve kids. Yeah, it's pretty dark. It seemed that alcohol-filled rage was enveloping many other people in town. One man proposed marriage to a young lady in town, and when she refused his proposal, he shot her three times and then shot himself. There were reports of many other men at the time attacking ex-wives and girlfriends. One man killed his ex-wife and her family after she divorced him. Another woman was found dead and naked out in the Wisconsin winter. She had lost her child and it was believed she just wandered out into the weather in a trance and froze to death. 
This is <laughs> this is so depressing. This is so hard because I I'm just like sad. I don't know how I don't know how to make commentary. I know it's just they're awful. all just very dark and bleak stories. Okay, I'm just gonna do the big size. Okay, I think that'll be my thing now. Oh, when I'm done Here with the go. story, I'll look at you for a sigh. Here we go. Okay, <sighs> go ahead. <laughs> Many people seem to just wander out into the winter conditions and freeze to death during this time. And yet another woman named Mary Sweeney could not stop smashing windows wherever she went. It was determined that she destroyed at least $50 worth of glass during her rampage. That doesn't sound like very much. Um, no, I. you know what I'm thinking? I'm wondering if these townsfolk all had an alcohol problem and this alcohol cause them to go out into the freezing cold conditions because i heard like when you're drunk you don't feel the cold yeah it's really easy to get hypothermia that way i think a lot of them were down and out because their town was failing the economic downturn Mm -hmm. of it the natural disasters everywhere the weird sickness sweeping through the town i think it was a whole bunch of factors kind of similar to what we're dealing with now but it's just like a lot of them just you know started going crazy Mm -hmm. i mean it just brought them to madness Um, But anyway, this Mary Sweeney chick, she broke all these windows and she said she was known to use cocaine to, quote, quiet her nerves. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That's such a sedative. Right. She went to jail over 100 times for her window smashing routine. She was later committed to an insane asylum. A hundred times? Yeah. She really couldn't stand windows. And a somewhat famous opera singer moved to the Black River Falls, Wisconsin area and started to make Ouija boards. She was eventually found wandering the town looking for chickens to eat. As all of this was going on, the townspeople were saying that demons were infesting their town and they didn't know what to do about it. Some people resorted to worshiping Satan and practicing dark witchcraft. Oh, my goodness. So and then, like, this opera singer just, I think I'm going to make a Ouija board. She was trying to I'm sell. try and help the town. Yeah, she was trying to sell Ouija boards, and apparently, I guess, she just kind of lost her mind. So opera wasn't popular even back not, then. Not in that town. <laughs> <laughs> Another man decided he no longer wanted to live, so he laid down on the railroad tracks and waited for the impending train to come and run <laughs> him over. These people liked to inflict pain. Yeah, they really liked to go out in very dramatic ways. Four other men saw what he was doing and then re- had to wrestle him off the tracks. The man eventually disappeared from Black River Falls altogether. No word on if he succeeded in committing suicide somehow. Many people starved to death, even though there was food all around them. Some did the opposite. One man went to a local pub and drank until he died, while another man went into the same pub and died by eating cigarette butts. As a result of all this craziness, people from the town were constantly being dragged off to mental institutions. All of these crazy stories from around the 1890s to the 1910s where things started to settle back down for the people of Black River Falls. In 1973, a book was written about all of these strange events that took place at Black River Falls called Wisconsin Death Trip. It is accompanied by photos that were taken during the time period in question. And of course, many residents of Black River Falls claim that paranormal activity is fierce to this day in that town. I believe it. I do too. There, that is messed up. So there you go. That is Black River Falls, Wisconsin. And those are just a couple of stories about the crazy shit that went down in that town over 20 years. And a lot of it, like I said, I think people just kind of lost their minds because they didn't didn't have 
any ability any to hope, yeah any hope it was very bleak no coping yeah. issues except for cocaine and yeah. drugs and <laughs> alcohol so not that far from where we are today is what we're learning we're okay. just repeating good old times Okay, so my story is Death Town. Uh, death Town. <laughs> and mine was a has, death trip. I don't think it has a theme song, Holly. But it is. Death Town. Is no, it's not. It's but it is. It is a nickname given to an actual town called Bridgend, located in South Wales. Bridgend. 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 So since 2007, the sleepy town has seen an alarming number of mysterious suicides involving young people. At the time, Bridgend had a population of around 37,000. And when combining the surrounding boroughs, a total of around 135,000 residents. Hmm. Between the years 2007 and 2012, it is alleged that 134 youths hung themselves, even (gasps) though the official number by the Welsh Assembly States 79. Still quite a few people. My God. Yes. The confusion regarding the number of fatalities is in part due to the total blackout on media and the reporting of the deaths, which were put to a halt in order to avoid any copycat sensationalism that might spur others to continue the trend. Yeah. The average age was between 15 and 23. But there were a few that were outside that range, some as young as 13 and as old as 41. Now, to put this in perspective, the towns in the Welsh Valley averaged about three suicides per year. Okay. And we don't know if it's still continuing, and I'll get to that okay. why, okay. but that is yeah. pretty much when what we have records for. Right. Um, and, you know, there was nothing really remarkable about the town of Bridgend itself, mm-hmm. you know, whether it would be less depressive or more desirable or, you know, than any other of the small towns in that yeah. valley. Yeah. It was basically an old coal mining town, which then turned into a dairy town, which then slowly over time became a place desirable for manufacturing companies like Ford, I think, was there at one time. Biotech, which was a pharmaceutical company that was absorbed by PCI. Um, Strangely enough, they um, moved into the area in 2007. But, um, you know, other than just, you know, going through bouts of economic upturning and downturning, um, really nothing remarkable about it. Yeah. It's actually kind of pretty. It all started with Dale Kroll, who on January 25th, 2007, told his family he was going to visit a friend in a neighboring town of Port Cowell. He was 18 at the time of his disappearance and was well known for his use of alcohol and party drugs. <laughs> I like him. I did a quote, party drugs. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. As Air opposed quotes. to regular drugs. <laughs> his family worried from any lack of correspondence and finally reported him as missing. His friend David, when questioned by the authorities, told them to look at an abandoned warehouse that housed carnival equipment, saying the location is where they often partied together. Hmm. David said he would often spend the night there passed out from alcohol. It took them three months to find Dale's body out in the woods, and his death was reported as a result of hanging. A toxology report found slight traces of cannabis and ecstasy in his hair. 
Hmm. It was assumed he had committed suicide. Yeah. However, on the 18th of February, another boy was found hanging from a tree outside a church in Bridgend from a dog walker taking a stroll in the early hours of the morning. It was David Dilling, Dale's best friend. His father said David had been grieving about his missing friend, but other than that, there was nothing unusually wrong or upsetting in his life that would cause him to do such a thing. Mm -hmm. And Dale, like David, was known for drinking, like most teenagers did around that, you know, area. Yeah. It was again ruled as another suicide. Hmm. But just two days before David's funeral, another friend went and hung himself from a tree at the same churchyard. Wow. Again, there was a link between the boys as they were all mutual friends. But it was strange. Other than the friendship, there were no other clues why they were all dying in this manner. That is weird. It is very that strange. Is really weird. Over the next year, another 17 people would all decide to hang themselves. And the townsfolk were frantic to find out the reasons. This is a much better story than mine, I think. <laughs> oh, Lord. It, get, it gets so sad. That's really, really crazy. It is. So the news went global, and the media quickly swarmed the town to find out answers. But the suicides kept increasing. Friends and family who were interviewed would say that the suicides completely blindsided them. The victims were all described as normal teenagers, some having good days and bad days. But on the whole, having jovial personalities, lots of ambition, friends, many were top students, nothing that would make anyone think they were depressed or suicidal. The toxology reports indicated pharmacology would not be a factor, as the majority were not on any antidepressant medications or other prescribed meds that might lead to psychosis. Most of the coroner reports showed very rarely any drugs in the system at the time of death. Hmm. Another strange fact was the lack of suicide notes. Mm -hmm. Statistics for note leaving are about 25 to 50%. There is less than a 1% rate in these cases, which is unheard of for the amount of suicides reported. According to people who knew the victims, there was no vocalizing any dissatisfaction or intention of wanting to end their life. And strangely, some of them were extremely outraged by the suicides, claiming it was selfish and awful, a terrible thing to do to their parents. Just a few months before his hanging, Justin Beecham, a 20-year-old factory worker, was interviewed, and he was adamant that he would never commit suicide. His mother said, quote, he said he couldn't put his family through that type of heartache, end quote. Yeah. Yet he did it. Anyway, twice. So does this feel like suicides to you, or is there something else going on? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to list out some possible other theories, but okay. it's it's crazy. I have no idea what's going on. This doesn't seem like suicide. It seems like something much darker. I I think so, too. Something's really going on. Yeah. Justin Beecham was also recorded saying, quote, with all these murders going on, there will be none left before very long. Oh. Was this just a slip of the tongue when he meant to say suicides versus murder? And yet the theory of a serial killer has been ruled out since some were done inside their own homes without anyone else around. The story of Justin's hanging was peculiar because unlike the others, he was found alive and taken to the hospital where he said he heard voices in his head telling him to do very bad things. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And despite telling the hospital psychiatric nurse all this, she discharged him as low risk and he ended up killing himself on his second attempt again 
by hanging. Wow. So that was a bad call to let him go. <laughs> that was a really bad call. Ugh. So it sounds like something is getting into their heads. Exactly. Bingo. And many of the youth went to the local church and would talk of their faith and the consequences of suicide, mm -hmm. which some took very seriously as eternal damnation of their soul. Mm -hmm. The manner of their hangings were also very strange. Most of them were on their knees or had their feet touching the ground and their hands were untied, so they could have freed themselves if they changed their mind. Mm. Also, it's a very strange choice for females to choose hanging as their preferred method. Typically, females choose poisoning or cutting their wrists. What would make them all choose this yeah. over other forms that's, of suicide? That's the thing. If you're going to have a bunch of people commit suicide, usually they're all going to choose different methods. Right. And they all chose hanging. They all chose hanging. That's very, very strange. Now, the victims were said to have a funeral song that was played at each funeral by R. Kelly, the world's greatest. Yeah. <laughs> An appropriate choice of a funeral song. Oh, isn't he the one that married all the ch child brides or something? I thought he was. Yeah. I could have that wrong. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And this this song like glorified death. So I I don't know. There was also a eulogy website which allowed kind remembrances and condolences to be expressed after each funeral. So some suspected the internet played a role in encouraging them to commit the acts. However, other than tributes found on these websites, the investigators could find no internet influence or any other reference to a cult mm. or suicide pact between the friends. This sounds demonic. It, it sounds like the devil, doesn't it? It does. So some were strangers mere acquaintances or had moved recently to the town. Hmm. So that's also, you know, rules out really yeah. a, a pact between people. Yeah. And other than the type of suicide by hanging, there was very little connection made between all of them. Many believe that the Werther effect was the cause of all the suicides, a term coined by a sociologist, David Phillips, in 1974 to define the imitative effect of suicidal behavior. An example of this would be when one person is brave enough to do something daring in a group, many will follow suit. It's like my mom would always be like, Carol, if your friends jumped over a bridge, would you do it too? Yes, mom, I would. <laughs> you know, that that's why people jaywalk. Like when somebody jaywalks, I'm always like, okay, they were the first person to do it. Now, now I, can I can do, do it. it. And you might ask me, hey, Carol, are the suicides continuing even now? Hey, Carol, are the suicides continuing even to now? Well, thanks, Holly, for asking. It's hard to know because after 2012, the coroner no longer lists the cause of death as suicide, but instead has listed it as an open narrative of misadventure or undetermined causes. What? Right, which investigators find very frustrating yeah. because, yeah, they no longer can rely on the statistics. So they don't know if the problem is actually declining or merely being covered up. So this is this is also really suspect because Dumb. trying to locate any new information, mm -hmm. it's mysteriously absent from all websites and forums, which have all stopped talking about this mm -hmm. since 2015. They did the same thing with the suicide forest in Japan. They stopped counting the number of people who committed suicide there because they didn't want to draw other people in to do the same thing. Right. And the town did not like all the attention. I bet they did. I mean, they're trying to get over their grief. Yeah. This keeps happening. 
happening and it's being sensationalized all over the world. I think I'd move. I wouldn't want to live in a town where all that was going down. Right. And to keep a thriving community, you can't have people afraid to run their businesses there or move there. It'll it'll become a dying town. Yeah. Literally death town. Yeah. Derek Gu, or Gao, G-O-U-G-H, was a prominent figure that I found on the forums and websites covering the topic. Okay. His posts suggest a very frustrating experience at trying to find anyone willing to cooperate with his investigating. Huh. He expresses a cover-up with the Bridgen Public Council and the Welsh Police. He has met with such opposition to his inquiries that he asked one police officer why they would not answer any questions. And the officer replied, it's not more than their job's worth to talk about. And we would have instant dismissal from the force if we dare talk to anyone about the suicides. The thought is that the whole town just wants to move on emotionally and disassociate their identity with their sad connection to the past. Mm. But some of the alternative theories are that the youth were part of a mind control or hypnosis experiment. Interesting. According to some people familiar with the area, they claim that some of the Welsh assembly members have been sent to GCHQ, the UK's intelligence and cyber agency, for specific training in covert mind control methods. And then there is the case of Phil Blight, a 53-year-old theater and arts expert who was a trustee and helped manage the theater group No Fit State Circus, Hmm. which had a history linked to Bridgend and was the site of their training camp prior to 2007. In describing himself to others, he bragged in his online CV that he was a Jedi nudger and claims he had learned powerful psychological triggers like neuro-linguistic programming Hmm. to use in his theatrical productions. Allegations started coming against him when critics saw repeated imagery of hangings and satanic imagery along with hypnotic trance music in the theatrical productions. Phil became increasingly worried and depressed about the allegations of his involvement at possibly having a link between the graphic shows and the 79 teen suicides. He was found hung by a ligature in a seaside town near Bridgend just three weeks after a radio show was aired with the public accusations. So that is creepy. That is weird. But his plays, they weren't... They weren't televised, right? They were just on Circulated stage. through the area, yeah. So they were videotaped. I don't know if they were videotaped, but I saw pictures of the production. I'm and just wondering I'm not sure. how many of these people went and saw it. Yeah, I don't know if you could blame it on that because, yeah. you know, unless they're completely sheltered from TV, I'm sorry, but we see violence all and the time. video games have all the time. I just don't Does think... Does it make us go out and hate ourselves or, you know, do any of that stuff that we see? No. And you and I, we know all about neuro-linguistic programming. Yes, that's how we met. I mean, there are ways to help change somebody's memories of past things and trigger them to new habits. But usually, um, you know, if it goes against their inherent nature of, you know, survival, it's not going to work. I think this sounds like MK Ultra or something. It sounds like something with the government doing an experiment. I agree. Yeah. This seems like it's deeper than that. And that they've figured out maybe putting something in the water or in particular people's food and then studying how it works. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, wow. I'm thinking along those lines, too. 
And normally they're saying in a lot of towns, you know, the cell phone towers are spaced a certain amount apart uh-huh. from each other. I think it's like 650 feet. Yeah. Um, you can't have them really close to residential areas. Mm-hmm. Well, in Bridgend, they're only like 350 feet apart. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that's just too close to people's residences. And they're too, too many of them. all bundled in together and they think it's probably affecting their mental state really interesting so again it would only affect maybe the teenagers because their their brains are still forming right so the signals are coming into these these towers and it's somehow affecting their mental state to to hang themselves in particular i don't know but psychologists say that young people up until the age of about their mid-20s some as late as late 20s are still developing their frontal cortex. Yeah, I've heard that's till 25 or 26. Yeah, and that can explain the lack of like a predictive behavioral change and also explains spontaneous acts. Right. Because they don't have much thought, they just act out whatever spontaneous thing triggered it. Yeah. So psychologists say this can happen with young people. Yeah. But others say, no, this is definitely a spiritual attack. They believe that it it's being transferred mm-hmm. from the close proximity emotionally or physically to the victim, mm-hmm. and it can just jump from victim to victim. And Wales has been steeped in a lot of lore, you know, with the land itself being conquered by the Romans and the Normandy. There's been lots of bloodshed. The town is surrounded by old relics of castles that form like this triangle around so Bridgend. So it's super haunted. It's super haunted. They probably hanged a lot of people in their day. They did. Yeah. They probably did. Could something historical or significant with the town itself be the cause? Well, to me, Hmm. it's doubtful because prior to 2007, we don't have... that's right. We don't have anything unusual to report. Something happened in 2007 that caused all of this to blow up. Yeah. And what is it? I don't know. Hmm. That's a very interesting story. Now... Thank you. There also seems to be some very outspoken critics with the film that was produced in 2015. Mm-hmm. This was produced by um, a Danish filmmaker, Jep Ronde, called Bridgend. Now, I watched this movie. Um, I don't recommend it because it's super depressing. <laughs> okay. Um, unlike my podcast, which is super, <laughs> not super depressing. fun. Not depressing. <laughs> Such a good time. Um, it depicts troubled youths as the main issue for the suicides. Hannah Murray from Game of Thrones stars in it. And it was it was beautifully filmed, but um, the guy who filmed it, you know, it was supposed to be a documentary. It was filmed on location, and he spent two years interviewing the youths and residents. But this is strange. Instead of making a documentary, which everyone in the town was led to believe, mm-hmm. and he had done, you know, tons of interviews. Yeah. The filmmakers changed their mind and just decided to make an artistic impression of what happened. Huh. So critics say this was purposely done to mislead the public about the truth and create a narrative yeah. that points to conflicts with the home and family life, as well as peer pressure found among tight friends and cliques, yeah. which is not true. It's not what happened at all. Yeah. So very scary indeed, because to me, we'll never know the true reasons for these tragic deaths. Yeah. And that's what makes it terrifying to me, because without knowing, there'll never be a way to prevent it from happening again. So do you think the filmmakers were influenced 
by whatever's going on well, somehow, Well, I don't know enough about it, but I know that somebody funded the whole project. Huh. So... You think it's the government again behind all I this? I have no idea. This, this David Goo guy... He really believes, you know, there's something really wrong happening here. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Because they won't allow anybody to really investigate anything anymore. Right. And the people who were posting on the boards prior to 2015 mm -hmm. were saying, yeah, I mean, I was friends with some of these people. It's really sad. You know, we don't know what happened. And, you know, it surprised all of us. And they were reiterating the fact that it's just a complete mystery to them. Wow. Wow. So who knows? It, I think it has declined. I mean, I would think something of that magnitude, if it was still going on to that level. People would probably leave town. I they would, would be deserting that town with yeah. their kids. They would not be, be staying too there. too scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I do think it is declining, but it would just be so great to know what actually happened. Yeah, that would be good to know. Yeah, because you hear about like um, the MK Ultra stuff and the mind control stuff, and they did some crazy things. And there's a book called, I think it's called Chaos by Tom O'Neill. It's about Charles Manson, the CIA, the MK Ultra experiments, and the fact that they believe Charles Manson was involved in the MK Ultra. Um, it, and it, I think he even probably talks about the Unabomber in here, who was also one of the people from that um, experiment. Um, but apparently this book is supposed to be fantastic. And of course, it's a huge book and I haven't even begun to crack it open. I've got too many other books to read, but someday I plan someday. to read this. So any of you uh, getting ready to watch a depressing show or theater or anything? Carol's got a good recommendation yeah, for you. Gu guard your mind. Guard your mind. Where did you see it on? What was the uh, I think it was... Amazon Prime. Okay. I, I rented it for $1.99, and that was about how much it was worth. And what was it called again? What was it? Bridge End. Bridge End. Okay. Was it Bridge End or Bridge End? I don't know. I'm not British. I put the, I put the stress on end. end. Bridge End. Bridge End. Bridge End. Okay, so... If you guys are listening to this and you're feeling down or low and you're contemplating suicide or you know someone that, that is, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, the number 1-800-273-8255 if you feel yeah. like you need help with suicidal thoughts or you know someone who and, is. And I'll give you Holly's number too because she's a great friend <laughs> yeah. when you're depressed. Oh, yeah. 503. Stop. Okay. I will go first. I know you were, um, you said your, your story was kind of a downer. <laughs> <laughs> But knowing, but not the. Did you like that I put all that onto you on your shoulders? And you know, here's another, and here's another. I'm gonna. Yes, sir. May I have another? I'm gonna apologize in advance um, for my story. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted.
guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.